When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get creative today, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and you're listening to a fun new episode of I've Got a Secret. Abby Silverman is the fabulous digital creative director at Cosmopolitan Magazine. Abby and her team are responsible for creating these striking visuals across the digital and social platforms at Cosmo. That's all of the photography, graphics, videos, and social campaigns. Abby just oozes creativity, and I'm so excited to hear about her fascinating department, her tips on trend casting, and the insider scoop on Cosmo's most iconic photo shoots and campaigns. This is The Secret to Creative and Artistic Storytelling. So, Abby, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. I have been very, very, very excited about our podcast today because if there's one thing I love, it's visual everything. <laughs> Same. I'm a very visual person when it comes to everything. So whether it's like home decor, design, fashion, beauty, you name it. Good. Because that's you just listed all of my very favorite passions. I have to, I have to tell you, I love home decor. I'm always wanting to maybe not change everything in my home, but I love rearranging and moving things around or adding to. I just, I'm just a very, like you said, I'm a very visual person. And especially when it comes to just, yeah, just everything aesthetics. I do that all the time too. I take basically everything in our apartment because, you know, we're in New York city and I, you know, rearrange and my husband will walk in and he'll be so confused. Uh, and he'll, and he'll, he'll notice, which is, I give him props for because some guys don't notice, but he definitely notices. Um, but yeah, so I do that all the time. That's so, so funny. Cause Philip will walk yeah. in, he'll walk in sometimes and go, uh, is that new? Cause he doesn't notice <laughs> or I'll redo something. I'll redo something. And he'll say, and I'll say, come, okay, close your eyes because he hates the remodeling and the, that kind of thing. He doesn't love that process. Yeah. So, and I love it. I uh, Scaffolding can go up in the house Same. and it's like a high for me. So he, I wait till he travels. And then when he comes home, I'll say, close your eyes. And I'll take him into Hi. whatever room I was working on. And I'll say, okay, open your eyes. And I swear to heavens, he'll go, <laughs> what am I looking at? <laughs> he could actually look at something brand new in the room, but not even know he's and seeing something. Know. What am I looking at? I'm like, Look at the wall. There's a fireplace in it now. <laughs> oh, my God. We redid the whole thing. Yeah. We wallpapered. Yeah. You know, well, we're working definitely with the smaller square footage. So yeah. You notice more in here. But, yeah, no, we are, we're in a co-op. So we, we moved in the pandemic. We got, you know, a COVID deal because we were here the whole time. So we're, we're definitely looking to buy this apartment. We love it. 
Uh, so I want to start doing stuff to it now, but we don't own it yet. So he's like, you should just wait until, you know, we, you know, we might want to knock through our bedroom wall and, you know, redo stuff there. And I want to paint it right now. And he's like, how would you paint that now before, before, we, you know, if we end up doing something. So anyways, yeah, That's, he, I, you know, I he, so get it. With that. I so get it. I'm going to quickly tell you one funny story that you will appreciate. When we moved out to LA for Philip to start the show, we decided to lease a home just to make sure that everything was going to work and everything was going to, you know, this was our new home. We were going to be here a while. We leased a home for six months. Okay. Well, the carpeting in the home was just to me nasty. It was nasty. And I said, we're going to, we're going to have to recarpet this home. And the owner of the home said, no, I'm not going to do that. So Philip goes, well, we don't know if we're going to really be here forever. And we're, we don't own this home. Let's not recarpet a home we don't own. I said, I can't take it. So I recarpeted it and the owner didn't want me to. I told him, I'll pay for it. He goes, no, I don't want you to recarpet it. I recarpeted it. And when we bought a home, I took up the carpeting and put back his carpet. Oh my God. He, that go, that's going the extra mile. Yes, because but I, I, thought, I would definitely do that. I would definitely probably do something like that. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth you it. You want a nice carpet yeah. for when, when you live there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I saved his, I, I put it back down. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about you. As a digital creative director, what exactly are your duties? So as a digital creative director, um, I have a team of creatives. So it's it's a mix. There's, you know, I have an art director, digital designers, motion designers, illustrator. We have a staff photographer. Um, oh my God, am I missing anybody? I don't know, creatives across the board. And so every day, you know, we're publishing content on Cosmo's website, which is, you know, separate from the magazine. And, you know, there's upwards typically of, you know, 300 stories that probably go up a week. So that's also inclusive of, you know, news content as well. Yeah, it's a lot more than people even realize, you know, because we're, we're a media site. So, you know, we're competing with, you know, all of the other big, you know, media companies who are just digital, not only, you know, have the extension of a magazine. So yeah, it's usually upwards of 300 stories. And that's across, you know, besides news content, it's also, you know, fashion, beauty, uh, Astro has been, you know, has been a big, you know, pillar for us, sex and relationships. Um, oh my gosh, entertainment. So it's all the different all the different types of content. So my team is handling the art, you know, and visuals photography for you for all of that. And then, you know, we also do, you know, longer lead projects that aren't, you know, those quick stories that are going up every day. So, you know, big reported features. We also do big fashion and beauty stories and original photo shoots with celebrities where, you know, there's a profile story and we'll plan those out. So we'll have a lot, you know, a lot longer to work on that, you know, bigger stuff um, in comparison to the the smaller daily stuff that we're managing every single day. So it's a lot. Wow. I'm sitting here literally for the listeners with my mouth open because that is truly a lot of work because you have like a lean team of what, like eight people. Yeah. So there's, my team is mainly handling social and the website, but we also have a video team at Cosmo. They shoot, you know, two to three times a week. We help out with all the video graphics, all of that kind of, all the branding. Uh, so we're not always on set for the video, just this, you know, one-off video stuff. And then we also have an emerging platform team, which used to be called our Snapchat team that publishes a daily you know, basically a mini magazine on Snapchat every single day. So there's designers for that as well. So there's other, you know, crazy. And then there's also 
more designers for the print magazine. So wow. there's a lot of creatives to collaborate with across the board. But yes, it's a lot. I really wonder, I'm sure you do, how, how can there not be any more hours in a day? Oh, I ask myself that every day. I'm like, yeah. I wish I could just cologne myself like yeah. 14 times. Yes. And especially with the creative project, like you're talking about all of these creative projects, like you're talking about, because it's so exciting, I'm sure, and so much fun, so much hard work. But at the same time, your your mind and your creative juices are just flowing. You really don't want the day to end. Yes. I mean, we definitely have worked out kind of like processes and systems for that, you know, the daily content. We have, you know, a digital style guide where we have different templates for the stories that, you know, are not repeat stories, but almost that you could format the same way. So that makes that kind of content a little bit more turnkey to pump out just because there's so much of it. And then for the bigger stuff, that's when we get to be super creative and really, you know, you know, mood board out things, work with different photographers, work with different, you know, creatives in the industry. So that's definitely where we're, we get to really like expand. So how far ahead are you working with this content? So in terms of our, you know, daily stuff, we have a, a daily editorial calendar and we actually use um, Google calendar. So all the editors will uh, submit their lineups to our digital director every Friday so for the next week, and some editors will plan out their stuff for a month um, and kind of just depends who they are, but definitely everyone's working at least minimally a week ahead. They'll put everything on the editorial calendar. So, and it's all color organized. So my team can see all the different teams. So, you know, fashion is purple and, you know, beauty is yellow. And so we can see, you know, so it's organized for us to look at and then they'll say if they need art and, you know, have the story, like a preview link of the story. It will have maybe, you know, what they, they might be thinking they want, or sometimes they'll leave it up, you know, up to us to decide. Uh, so yeah, so that's basically how we do that. And then the bigger stuff uh, we have, we use Asana, which is, you know, like a, a project management system to kind wow. of like organize all that stuff. And, you know, the word creative means so much for your team, for everyone there, because while you were saying that, my mind just went to the holidays. So that's another layer. <laughs> you have oh, to yeah. always be planning ahead for the holidays, right? Oh, yeah. So when there is, yes. So for example, our company during COVID started closing during, you know, the Christmas New Year's time, which is really nice, you know, to be able to really have that time off. And so, well, for that, that I, this past December, the editors submitted, you know, their lineups really early. So they planned through that. So my team basically just worked ahead uh, and got all that content ready. So it, you can schedule it out in our, like our back end. So everything was basically scheduled out. So no one really had to worry oh, about anything. That is, <laughs> yeah, which is very nice. That's very nice. Is it difficult yeah. to make all of your content cohesive aesthetically? You know, it kind of, I think because we've developed this kind of digital style guide, it, it makes it easier. We're also going through a redesign right now. This is my third one that I've worked on at Cosmo, which is kind of crazy. Uh, that's how fast, you know, digital media moves. I mean, I've been at Cosmo about five years. I've done two website redesigns. So we're on the third and then, you know, 
we've had so many different iterations of digital style, you know, style guys, just as design trends change, our aesthetic develops, our, um, we got a new creative director in print as well. She's amazing. So print is going through a redesign. We just, the first issue of this year just came out with Sydney Sweeney. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've seen Euphoria at all, but she is amazing. I thought it looked amazing. So, you know, digital, we're working on our redesign as well. So it's going to be super reflective just to keep, you know, the, um, relation between the two we like to keep you know make it feel organic and like one brand across the board I love that you know what I love when I see a print or on digital have started a redo I love that that I'm one of those that notices that kind of thing and I just yeah I love it I love that you want to stay current and so oh good look they're redoing they've got a new look and it's just I, I gravitate towards those and I just love it And I also think too, like, uh, you know, a brand like Cosmo is so iconic. It's been around for so many years and everybody has a different relationship to it. So it's kind of the Cosmo for, you know, whoever the girl, you know, the girl now. So you you kind of do have to develop, you know, with the times when it comes to photography, design and, you know, everything that you're kind of doing with visuals. That's that's for really any brand. I agree. That's so true. I think just the, the fact that we all go through changes in our lives and, and in our families. And maybe it's because I'm noticing that and I'm noticing the covers and your stories and such because I have a new daughter-in-law. I have now two daughter-in-laws. And we were just talking before the podcast started about uh, the fact that my family has changed with new grandchildren and such. And so it's like I have new interests in my family with having daughter-in-laws. I raised two sons and, and having my new daughter-in-law added to the family. It's just all of my interests are just now blossoming into more females and, you know, the babies, the granddaughters and whatever. Yeah. It's just Cosmo is a fabulous magazine for yeah. for even women like me at my age of 68. I just absolutely love that magazine. Yeah. And I, I think that we really do kind of have every, you know, something for everyone. I think even just the voice that, you know, on our site, it is, you know, I, d- I think our readership, it skews younger. I know on Snapchat, you know, go, I think it goes maybe down to like 13. Yes. And then, but then like, you know, the magazine, the readership base is definitely older and even, you know, Instagram or website, you know, that's more, I think 20 to 35 and, and beyond. I think there's people that, you know, have been subscribers of Cosmo forever and they still yep. get it and they still love it. But I really love what you said about how, you know, your interest changed. I feel like that's like my mother-in-law too. She has two sons yes, and now she has two daughter-in-laws. So I think she has a lot of fun yes. just, you know, feeling, you know, getting that part that maybe she didn't have. She has a really close relationship with her mother. So yes. I think it's fun for her to have girls. Yes, so, it is. Yeah. It's it's truly, it's life is just wonderful and it's fun and it, it's exciting. You know, I really, truly always wanted to raise boys and I'm thrilled that I got to. And now I have a life with with daughters that I never knew I would have. And then my grandchildren and, and you even said, you know, young teens. We have a granddaughter that's celebrating her 12th birthday this week. So it's, oh just, it's just such a beautiful range of life right now. And you're right. Cosmopolitan really delivers to every age of whatever generation you're in, I believe. Yeah, no, it does. I think it, and that's one of kind of like the beautiful things. You know, there's so many new media brands, but Cosmos kind of always been yes. there. It will be there. 
you know, yeah. so it's, it's a very fun place to work and I, be a part I, of. I, I'm grateful. You know, sometimes I've been to myself and I'm like, I can't believe this is my job sometimes. Oh. Well, I was just going to say landing this role at Cosmopolitan is so impressive. Was it the type of role you dreamed about early in your career? I mean, I definitely think so. I was always, you know, a super creative person. You know, I definitely, I never, you know, thrived in, you know, mathematics or any of, any of those types of subjects. I always was, you know, you know, the star in like art class and I loved fashion. I've always, you know, expressed myself, you know, that way. And so when I w- went to college, you know, I had to pick a major. And so, you know, my, my parents were, you know, wanting me to pick something that I could apply to the world. Yeah. And so creative, adver- they had creative advertising. I went to Drake University, which is in Iowa, which is so, I can't believe I went to school in Iowa, which is so <laughs> funny. I, I'm from Minnesota. So, you know, Midwest, oh. but now that I've been in New York for almost 10 years, I like, so that's just like another world to me now. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, so I, you know, I majored in creative advertising and graphic design. And I just, all of my internships were in graphic design. And I felt like it was a way that I could, you know, create art and be artistic. And that could be applied in a way I could get a job. And so it, that kind of just became my career path. It's almost like a, a trade yeah. versus a degree, like yeah. learning a skill set like that. Uh, and so then eventually, you know, once you are a graphic designer, I mean, some people might stay graphic designers forever. It depends kind of like where you want, what entry point you want into the industry. Do you love creating? But, you know, I definitely think, you know, I'm an Aries. I kind of like to be in charge. I love, you know, I like running a team. I feel like I have so many ideas. And so I think I just naturally kind of took the different steps through, you know, corporate America, if that's what you want to call it. So I went from, you know, graphic designer, senior graphic designer, you know, um, and then actually I jumped when I went from, I w- worked at W Magazine before I was at Cosmo. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was also an amazing experience, a totally different yes. brand and such an iconic brand um, and so different than Cosmo. Yeah. And, you know, it's very niche and very luxe and, you know, Cosmo is more a mass market and, yeah. you know, for, you know, for a lot more people. And so, um, and when I jumped to Cosmo, I became the digital art director and then, creative director. That's kind of how I got there. But I don't think I ever had, you know, like I knew I wanted to do this, but I didn't know what format that looked like. It kind of just sort of happened for me. If that, you know, makes sense. I don't know. You know, this little bit of time that we've spent together, uh, and I don't even know if I told the listeners that we're doing this virtually, but I feel like that we're together, of course. I feel like you were supposed to be at W Magazine and then Cosmopolitan. Honestly, same. I do. Yes. You, yeah. You, it's almost like you have gone down the path you were supposed to go down. You're very creative. I could just tell. And you're very mm-hmm. driven, very passionate. And so I don't know. You, I, I get the feeling that you have done exactly done it the way you were supposed to do it. Yeah. And it's so funny because I think like, I, I love that you said that too, because I think with W, it is so luxe and there, it's so, high end that it's almost like I took that with me and saw kind of this, you know, open, not opening, but when I got Cosmo, actually also when I joined it, it, the digital extension of the brand was totally separate from print. We worked on separate teams. That's all been um, merged back together Uh, since I've been there. Our editor in chief now was the digital director of Cosmo before she became editor in chief. So I definitely, you know, 
I think bringing that kind of W aesthetic kind of helped elevate. And, you know, with digital, they weren't doing as many original photo shoots and they don't, they, they weren't doing it really a lot of that at all before I came. And I just saw this opportunity, like there's so much talent here. You guys could be applying yourselves in another, you know, different ways. We could really be creating beautiful editorial work that is the level you've seen in magazines, but, you know, just for digital. So um, yeah, I think I love that's it. definitely, you know, an opening that I saw before yeah. I started. That's wonderful. What are some of your secrets to climbing the career ladder? I know you have some great ones. Oh gosh. Um, I think, I mean, I'll give my mom credit for this. She's very level-headed and I think she, uh, definitely instilled that in me. You know, I think being from the Midwest and, you know, being, you know, then moving to New York, my husband's a New Yorker, very dramatic. Um, but I think, I think that, you know, remaining level-headed, especially in, you know, a corporate environment is super important and just being able to, you know, make, make decisions in the best way. So I think that's, you know, really important. I think, um, being nice. Cause like, you, you know, you never, there are, you know, you work with tons of different people, all different types of personalities. And, you know, when you move jobs, you know, other people move jobs, that's your network. Right. So you always want to create great relationships with all the different people that you work with, because you never know where, you know, they'll end up. Maybe you could help them one day. They could help you. And so I definitely would say those two things being remaining level-headed and being nice are super important. I love both of those because you're right. You never know in your future what, what lies ahead. You never know who you will have the opportunity to help or that you may need help from. I love that. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Now, when I started this podcast, I said, when I'm doing this podcast, I want to do two things with every podcast. And one of them is I want to have a drink of the day. So I think this might be a good time where we have our drink of the day. Sadly, we're not together, but we uh, always create a drink that is in honor of my guest and our topic. So, of course, our drink of the day is to honor your fabulous career, and it is a Cosmo. Ooh, but this it looks is, so beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? But this is a special yes. twist on the classic recipe that I think is perfect for happy hour with the girls. This is called the Cherry Cosmo. And it has two ounces of citron vodka, one half ounce of fresh lime juice, one ounce of cherry juice, and a splash of Contro. Put all ingredients in a shaker with ice and shake until frosty. Serve up in a martini glass and garnish with a lime wheel. So all of you in the secret squad out there that are listening, you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you'll see this beautiful drink all done in this beautiful glass and you'll get the recipe. So in honor of you, cheers. Oh, cheers. I'm going to have to go make that tonight. <laughs> oh, it's just beautiful. So how do you stay on or ahead of digital trends? These change pretty frequently, right? Um, definitely. I think honestly, just being probably part of the generation that grew up in, you know, social media as well. Um, 
you always sort of have to be able to pivot. My dad always is like, you always have to be able to pivot. He's worked in advertising. So he always says that to me. Um, so I've always had that in my mind throughout, you know, my career journey. But I also think, you know, when there's new platforms that come about, you need to kind of adapt to them. So for me, um, like TikTok, can't, you know, that definitely started to come up, you know, at the end of 2019, I want to say. Um, and I remember pitching, this was before the pandemic, I remember pitching Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio. And I was like, we have to profile them. You know, there's this hype house and they're blowing up. You know, look now, they're the most, I think Charlie's the most followed person on TikTok. But, you know, I started personally posting, you know, career advice and then that kind of summed to fashion and then to home. And I've just had so much fun with it. And I find, you know, that I actually feel like I learned so much from TikTok, just what, you know, the generation, you know, Gen Z likes, yep. you know, all, you know, what they are gravitating towards, which also I think informs some of the things that I end up pitching to, you know, at Cosmo. I mean, you can find so many things on there. So I, I feel agree. like I definitely use TikTok for a lot of, you know, trend driven stuff. And then of course, like, uh, you know, other social platforms um, as well. You know, I've always loved Instagram, especially for, you know, finding, you know, creative inspiration and pulling, you know, trend stuff, whether that's fashion, whether that's home, whether that's beauty, whether, you know, whether I'm looking, you know, we're looking for talent for a shoot. I, you know, I, I use that as well. Um, and again, you know, I think, you know, Fashion Week, just like, you know, reading different publicate other publications, looking at other media sites, Pinterest. So really everywhere, I kind of try and look for, you know, what's around me. I love Pinterest. You know, I told someone just recently that did not know that on Instagram, yes, they have a search bar for people, but they did not know that you can search topics on oh, Instagram. Yeah. So for all you listeners out there, Instagram search bar is not just for people to find on Instagram. You could search topics just like a Google search bar. And yeah, it's basically like the for you for you page of TikTok up for Instagram. Yes, yeah. I love that. And like you said, TikTok is addicting. I mean, I will go to TikTok so and start watching that. <laughs> and I will be just laughing and I'll find myself so an hour later, like, why am I still out here? But I do the same thing. I, you know, it's like you click on a sound that's trending and yeah. then I start going down that and yeah, then yeah, you find yeah. a person that you think is funny oh, and start going down that. God. I so. sent one the other night to all of the girls here at the office to my friends that said it was a woman. She reminded me of my daughter-in-law. She was texting to her mother. She goes, Mom, can you come pick me up from this sleepover? The kids are not any fun and the father is really kind of mean and the mother took, <laughs> responds with, sweetheart, those are your children and that's your husband. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I know firsthand how many incredibly talented people it takes to do just one photo shoot. Can you talk about what these days look like for a photo shoot for you? Yes, definitely. So typically it starts with, you know, a pitch that either comes from an editor or our entertainment, our entertainment director who's pitching, you know, different talent. So once that gets approved, we'll have brainstorms, you know, we'll all, you know, create a mood board if it's, you know, for digital and, you know, it will go, you know, for example, if it's for a celebrity thing, it will go to the team so that it's approved. And then basically once that happens, we dive into the production process. So it's, you know, location, hair, makeup, do we need a set stylist? We have an amazing, amazing fashion director, um, Cassie, who came from Harper's Bazaar. She's been with Cosmo. She started actually early pandemic, but she is amazing. So she styles a lot of 
almost all of our shoots, unless it's, there's like something that, you know, where it's, there's two in the same day or somebody wants to use their own stylist. She's still there to guide, but yeah. So, um, you know, she pulls in, she creates, you know, fashion concepts around whatever we're doing. Um, and then, you know, the shoot will happen and we have a really collaborative team, you know, obviously all the standard things are in place, like call sheets where, you know, everything's super structured and organized. Um, we just did a shoot in the, uh, in the fall. That was really fun. I don't know if you've seen this show. It's the sex lives of college girls. It's Mindy Kaling show. Yes. I love that show. I love Mindy. Oh, it was so cute. So we did a shoot with them. So again, for digital, we do get a lot of A-list but we also get a lot of emerging talent who are just about to have their big break. So it's, you know, establishing a great relationship with them because maybe, you know, down the line they would do a cover. So I think digital is a good place for them to explore, you know, for a lot of different talent to explore. And, um, but it's very fun because we get to work with so many different types of people. So those girls were amazing. Um, when did we do that? That was around uh, when the show uh, premiered. So again, with digital, we kind of like to align shoots to something big, you know, whether somebody has a, you know, a big show coming out or um, a big moment in their career. Uh, that's a great like thing to peg, you know, their profile story too. Uh, and then after a shoot happens, uh, we do, you know, have the whole post-production schedule where we are making selects, working with either a retoucher, the photographer to get, um, you know, the final creative assets and then we're building the story out on our site and then it goes live and that's kind of like a, a synopsis of a very fun process and I love shoots because it's definitely a time to be super creative and it's also a time to show off the talent behind the scenes totally I love that we have yeah I mean we've had you know we've worked with a lot of different photographers we also have an amazing staff photographer who we've had for a long time there's actually a few staff photographers at Hearst um we also work, you know, work externally with a lot of different um, creatives. It's just so fun working with all different types of people in the industry. It's also great, you know, networking to meet people because then they might have someone else that you could work with on another shoot. Um, so it's really fun. And also, I mean, if it's not celebrity talent and it's a fashion shoot, uh, it's a similar process as well. We're, we're mood board for those. We'll usually work with models sometimes. Uh, we're pulling in, you know, model talent that has like a, a big social following just because I think, you know, that's important because they might promote the story as well. So, you know, it's, it ends up being mutually beneficial for both, both people. So um, whether it is, you know, a beauty or, you know, fashion trend story or celebrity, it's definitely creative and totally different ways. I love talking about this very thing, very topic for the listeners, because I feel like when we do, when then the listener goes and, and starts clicking through on your site and gets to appreciate more of what they're seeing, not just visually the actual article or, or whatever it is they're reading or seeing, at, then now they can really appreciate everything they're seeing. They know now yeah. all the photographers and the fashion designers and all the prep work that went into it. It's like, it's so much fun now. You, they see it with different eyes, I feel like, and can appreciate so much more of it. Yeah. And I also think that's fun too, when you add video as an element, yes. you get you know the behind the scenes content, 
which is, you know, obviously a whole extension that really brings everything to life. So I think that's another part of digital, you know, the beauty of it, you can really tell amazing stories, you know, by getting these extra assets that you might not have in other, you know, mediums. Agree. I love behind the scenes uh, aspects of anything. So you can truly, really see what it took to get to the end and to get to that final product. Do you ever have creative ruts, first of all? Yes. Definitely. I think everybody does. I feel like that's just human nature. Um, even as a creative person, um, even, you know, even if it's, you know, from the smallest thing, like, you know, I'm standing in my closet, a huge closet of clothes. Like I have a lot of clothes. I'm sure you do too. As somebody who loves fashion. And like, I think I have nothing to wear when I have so many things to wear. So, um, that's a very small example, but I think, you know, if I am in a creative rut or I just, I feel like it, it happens for me the most when I have too much on my plate in yeah. a weird way, if that makes yep. sense, where I just don't even know where to start. Um, so I feel like that's when it happens to me. And I feel like the best thing, which I've learned over time, and I think this is good for anyone who's a creative or, you know, listening. I think I used to think of it sort of, you know, I need an idea first and then I'll, and then I'll do, you know, take action and then I'll get the result that I want. Whereas, I feel like you actually have to take action first because like, you know, momentum builds on itself. And so when I actually just, even if it's like just getting on the Peloton and working out and, you know, getting a little spark of energy and then maybe I'll be more motivated to dive into something that I was putting off. And then now I'm, you know, that sparks something else. So I feel like action, then, you know, then I have an idea and then I'll get the result that I want. So I think that's something to keep in mind. And that helps me get out of, a creative rut when I am feeling kind of overwhelmed or like there's just so much that I have to do. So that's, that's, that's kind of where I, I approach it. Yeah, that's very true. If I do have too much on my plate and my, I'm going in too many different directions, I can basically hit a wall and I'm like, yeah. Oh, I don't know which way to turn. What project do I want to focus on? Just like I'm not having fun with anything because I've yeah. got too much going on. And if I just step back, like you said, just step back and just give myself a break and do something that I enjoy doing, but it doesn't take a lot of work. And maybe that's just journaling and maybe that's just having a little peace and quiet to myself, whatever it is that helps me recharge, then I'm kind of back on track. And so some of the things that I love to do creatively, like I love to do dinner parties with our friends. So oh, I, love I love to do that because what I love to do most about that is I love to create the table. I love to create the menu. It's not like I like to get in the kitchen and cook the dinner. I like to do all the creative parts of having the dinner party. So that's, so that's what's you know fun for me. If I'm really overworked or really just exhausted, I like to plan something that is fun for me. For example, the dinner party or something like that. No, and I, I feel like that just re- recharges you as a human too. Exactly. And then you and then you can dive into whatever that thing is that you yes. know maybe you couldn't quite figure out how you wanted to approach it. So yes. that's definitely something I've learned over time. And I also think you know as you develop in your career, you obviously you start to take on more things. And for me, you know, with I'm basically doing content creation as a job as well, you know, with TikTok now, and it's so fun and I love it. But on top of a full-time job, it's a lot, you know, a lot, you know, to be, 
it's a lot of creativity and it's fun, but I, as a creative person, you also, you know, that, you know, I care what things look like, just how you do. And I want, and I want to spend time on things. So that's where it gets me to sometimes. Well, I absolutely love your TikTok page. Your fashion tips are so fun. <laughs> That I mean, oh, thank you. I'm a, I'm obsessed. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'm obsessed with it. Can you share a couple of uh, your tips with the listeners? Oh yes. Um, okay. Let's see here. So I actually feel like I don't. This is kind of random, but I feel like I don't wear a lot of pattern, and I feel like a lot. I wear a lot of color. I do a lot of color contrasting. So if anybody is afraid of like you know pairing color together, I think. Um, an easy way to do that is to start with your accessories if you want to wear more color. So that's kind of my tip. If you want to wear more color, you wear a lot of neutrals, a lot of black and whites, but you want to wear color. I think getting a fun bag um, could, you know, could start, you know, dipping your toe into the color pool um, or getting a fun pair of shoes, uh, which I think can just start, you know, expanding your wardrobe a little bit. So that's definitely one one thing I would, would say if you want to wear more color, but you don't... Um, really know how to start. Um, I also love, I wear a lot of jewelry. I think it's fun. I think, I, I think I spend more money on like accessories and I feel like that makes my outfits really, you know, a lot more fun. And those are pieces that I like are really art to me, like bags, shoes. I think that stuff is, is more of an investment. And I would, I would say if, if you don't really know what to spend on, I would spend more on accessories than like you know, a basic pair of jeans and a shirt, because I think you could get that maybe for less and spend more on accessories. Um, and that will make your outfit feel more special. Yeah. Now, you know what I'm really into lately is hair jewelry. I'm, Ooh, I'm yes. really into scars. I can tie into my hair. Uh, jewelry, like today, I don't really have that much on. I put a ponytail in today, but uh, I clipped in these jeweled stars in my ponytail. But I really love anything I can put in my hair, pull up with my hair. I really have a lot of fun with that. And the other thing I really love is I've started, well, and there's a reason I do this is because I'm in the studio three days a week for hours and it's freezing in there. So today I have on a, a sleeveless dress, okay? And I would never be able to wear it to the studio because it's so cold. So I've started doing this maybe for the last couple of two years or so. So I put under it this kind of sheer Fendi bodysuit. Now I love, oh my gosh, I love that. I thought that was part of the dress. No, it happens to be a bodysuit. Ordinarily, it doesn't have to be a bodysuit. This one happens to be. But I put it on because the neckline of the bodysuit is exactly the same as the neckline of the dress. Now, sometimes I'll put a turtleneck under these sleeveless dresses but this was so pretty the neckline was so pretty I, d- I just wanted it to show so this is a bodysuit and see how it's sheer and has a, the design in it I yeah but it still looks warm too yes so you can wear it. it no it looks literally like one dress yes that's amazing so I stayed warm all day in the studio and then I just put these shoes with it these black patent leather shoes because I love patent leather so chic I but love my- it you know, I said that there were two things I wanted to do with every podcast when I started this podcast, and we've done drink of the day, and I wanted to do game of the day. So we play a Ooh. game on every podcast. How do you like playing okay. games? 
Do you like them? They're fun. I love games. I love games. So we create a game for every podcast and we create a game that is about our topic and our guest. And so the name of this game is TikTok Star. Ooh, okay. I hope I'm good at this. (laughs) I think you will be. In honor of your fun social media pages, we're putting your knowledge of TikTok trends to the test. So I'm going to play a song from a popular TikTok challenge, and you're going to have to identify which challenge this song is associated with and describe it for the listeners. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. I hope I don't fail at this. You won't fail. So we're going to get started. Okay. You can play the first one. She's going to play it for me as well. So you go ahead and play it. Doing a countdown. Okay. Okay, go. Give me some. I know the song. I, I don't know the name of the trend. Yes. So I can describe the trend. So basically people stand in kind of a random place and they do, they drop down in like a yes. funny way and in, in a bunch of random places. Yes. Yes. But I don't know the name of it. The, it was called the drop challenge. So you basically said okay, the it. drop. It okay. says when the, song, it. when the song in the beat drops, people stop what they are doing and squat to the ground. That's what I didn't exactly. ever see, but you got it. Okay, so the second one is, go ahead. Okay. Okay, so I know this one as well. I don't know the names of these. So you basically do you know, um, I, I guess the, the listeners can't see, but you click your hand, your hand fist together like three times and you lift your fingers up in a peace sign and you state a, a fact, basically. I don't know what it's called. Yes. So it's questions I get asked challenge. Oh, yes. Okay. People answer yeah, popular questions they often get from others. All right. The next one. Okay. Number three. I just flipped the switch. Flip, flip. I don't know nobody else that's doing this. Body start to drop. Um, flip the switch. Yes, that's it. And and you flip a switch and it's a transformation. Okay, right? so it's called flip the switch. Yes, two people stand in front of a mirror and then turn the lights off. When the light turns back on, the two people have switched outfits. Oh, I have not actually seen that one. Yeah, okay. I feel like that's an old one too. Like a. a a classic oh good okay number four okay number four. Oh my gosh this one okay i've seen it but i don't know the name of it plank challenge oh my goodness okay Ooh. i think i've seen it i feel like i remember it as a dance but Wow. It says a difficult fitness challenge that includes planking and jumping over a partner. Yeah, no, I have never done that. Probably couldn't. (laughs) I haven't either. I could not get that one done. Okay. I haven't really, I haven't really gone down the dance trends of TikTok. I mainly just talk and show my outfits. Yeah, no way. No way. Okay. The next one. They forget my 
I know this song. It's, that's not my name. That's it. That's the name of it. Okay. I, I don't know that. What What's the trend? I don't even. I don't People even show off examples of all of the different names they get called in their life. Oh my god, that's so funny. I've okay. probably seen this. Okay. I've definitely seen that. This is the okay. last one. Oh, that's cute. You recognize okay, that it? one. I recognize the song, but I don't. I don't know like the trend that pairs with that one either. So, River Deep Mountain High Challenge. People skip around and grab their other friends, turning into a conga line of sorts. When they hear that song, that's what they do. I have never that's seen so that funny. one. I feel like I've probably seen it whenever, yeah, at some point. I think I need to brush up on my TikTok friends. I think I do too, because I have never seen that one. And I've seen a lot of challenges on TikTok that I don't think I do. Have you seen the one where the whole family sits on the stairs and they start at the bottom singing a song? Yeah. And they cannot get through it. And I'm like, I, I don't think my family would ever do that with me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the one when it's a family and they uh, flip every other way. Have you seen that? Where one person goes to the right and one goes to the left and then they match every other. No, I have not seen that one. Yeah, people get creative. Gosh, that is something else. No, I've not seen that one either. And I think I've seen it a lot. That is hilarious. Philip and I have done a few that were really kind of funny, but I'm blanking on them right now. <laughs> Because Philip and I cannot sing, we cannot dance, we we can't. same same. We are not creative at all when it comes to singing and dancing. We, our youngest son is a is a musician, but I don't know where he got it because we can't carry a tune in a bucket. We're we're like challenged when it comes to singing. Same. And my my sister is a really good singer, and I I am definitely not that. Isn't that funny how someone in the family can be so talented at something and no one else can be? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I know where my my strengths lie. Yes. It's not singing. <laughs> That's so fun. Well, sadly, that brings us to the end of the episode. But now before we wrap up, I need to ask you one final question. This podcast is all about sharing life-changing secrets. So do you have one secret that you've learned throughout your life that you can share with the listeners? Yeah. Definitely. And I think this probably applies more to, I guess you could probably apply this to anything in your life, but I came at it more from a career perspective. Um, I think that if you're feeling stuck or just generally wanting more, you know, wanting to get to the next level that you should go for and take opportunities that scare you and that push you, you know, outside of your comfort zone, because I think that is kind of the only way to really get yourself to the next step and really challenge yourself. And, you know, it's a little bit of the like, fake it till you make it, you know, you can do it, you go in there with confidence, you know, you you have a baseline of, you know, whatever your experiences, then you kind of just have to dive in and figure it out what you know, whatever you're doing, I think everybody's just trying to figure it out. So I think going for things that scare you, will push you, you know, to that next step. Wow. I love that. That's wonderful because it's so true. Everyone is going through the same thing. I love that you said that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now, please tell the listeners where to find you on social media. 
Well, you can find me on Instagram at it's just abby.silverman and then the same thing on TikTok as well. So Wonderful. super easy. Yes. That's fantastic. And Secret yes. Squad, as always, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for juicy behind the scenes extras. I'll see you next week. Bye bye.